Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Right, welcome back. This is episode 133, and I am here to take you through what I would do if I was starting from scratch, meaning if I was brand new to both fitness and nutrition, how I would approach each of those things starting today. Now, before I get into that conversation, I quickly want to provide you with some updates. First and foremost, we are relaunching the spring collection, so we're bringing that back around. It is our favorite collection by far. You've got the Ballistic Basic T-shirt, the Cropped Muscle Tank, and we've got the Long Sleeve Tee. So if you miss out on those pieces of apparel, head over to our website, trainballistic.com. Click on the in the menu, the store icon. I can't speak right now. And then you will be able to access that spring collection. I will also provide all of that in the show notes, so make sure you check that out. In addition, we are still accepting individuals on both our wait list for in-person training, so if you're local in the Dubois area or the greater Dubois area, and for our online clients. If you're looking for online or remote fitness and nutrition coaching, I will put the link for both of those wait lists in the show notes. And then lastly, if there is anything that you'd like to hear on this channel, any topic that you would like us to discuss, please send those to us either in the DMs on Instagram at ballistic.performance or via email at hello at ballistic. Oh, can't even recite my own email. Hello at trainballistic.com. So if there's a topic that you want to hear, submit those in the next couple of weeks because we are looking for ideas and we're truly just looking to better serve you on your health, fitness, and nutrition journey. All right. All of that is wrapped up. So now let's get into the conversation. If I had to do it all over again, what would I do? And again, we're talking about fitness and nutrition, or specifically fitness in this case and how the nutrition is related to that. But it really does depend on the goal. So I'm going to break this down into three different categories. If my goal was weight loss, if the goal was to gain muscle, or gain weight, and if the goal was maintenance. Actually, let's go forward. Let's add a fourth one, and let's say if my goal was performance. So those are the four categories, weight loss, muscle gain, general fitness or maintenance, and performance. Those two things aren't really the same as I'm saying that out loud, general fitness and maintenance. Let's go general fitness. 
All right, I'm all over the map here in this episode, but I hope you're sticking with me because we're about to get into it. So if my goal was weight loss, assuming that I'm already sleeping seven to nine hours per night, I'm hydrating, which means I'm drinking about half my body weight in ounces per day, and I'm managing my stress well, then I would start here. The first thing I would do is I would start with movement, specifically walking. That's it, just walking. I would start small, maybe, you know, two 10-minute bouts per day and then gradually work my way until I'm hitting you know, 60 minutes per day through those 10-minute bouts or one giant 60-minute walk. And then I would continue to work through that until I was upwards of 75, 90 minutes per day. And that would put me at or well above 10K steps per day. So that's how I would start. Just start with walking a couple times a day and then adjust it as I go to increase the volume to hit that 60 to 90 minutes per day. Now, the next thing that I would do is focus on food quality. So I'd focus on eating real nutrient-dense foods 90% of the time. I'd eliminate soda, candy, anything else with excessive added sugar. So in other words, I would just eat real nutrient-dense foods, foods that do not come in a box, a wrapper, or have a label, 80 to 90% of the time. And I would keep it that simple. So those are the two initial things I would do, walking and food quality. Next, I'd start resistance training, two to three days per week. And if you're sitting there listening, wondering, well, how long would you walk? How long would you do the food quality thing for? It's going to depend on the individual. But I would say a couple of weeks, right? Hit the walking for a few weeks until it becomes second nature until it becomes a habit and it's part of my routine. Focus on the food quality for three, four, five, six weeks until again it becomes second nature. It becomes part of my daily routine. And then I would incorporate this resistance training. And the reason I'm doing this in layers is because if you try to go from zero to hero, you're probably going to fail. Most people cannot handle that abrupt of a change. So we're going to layer it on there. So with that resistance training, if it's only two days per week, they're just going to be two full-body resistance training sessions. And if it's three days per week, it would be a lower session, an upper session, and then a full-body session. And in within that training, I would focus first on muscular endurance and foundational work. So doing higher repetition counts, overall like a moderate to high volume um, less rest in between sets, really just focusing on learning those movement patterns, moving through them well, moving through them at those moderate volumes to where I can gain some time under tension, I can gain some exposure, and really start to develop that neuromuscular connection or that muscle memory. Then I'd move into some more hypertrophy-based work or muscle growth work where the repetition range drops down, the weight gets a little heavier, my rest period extends slightly, and then move into strength and power eventually where I'm doing very low repetitions, very high rest or long rest intervals, uh, and really focusing on just being explosive and generating a lot of force. Now, I would again do that for four, six, eight weeks before any changes were made there because it can take upwards of six weeks for those neuromuscular connections to actually occur or for that mind-muscle connection to, uh, we'll say, develop. Then I'd start paying attention to food quantity. So now I'm talking calories, macronutrients, micronutrients, etc. So I'm not doing that until after I've already layered on just overall movement through walking, 
focusing on food quality, incorporating resistance training, then food quantity. And with that, I'm not going to go into, hey, here's how you calculate your maintenance calories. These are the macros you should be eating. This is how much micronutrients you need of each uh, factor. None of that. We are just going to say I would start focusing on food quantity. And I would likely, if I didn't know what I was doing, I'd recommend hiring a coach who can guide you through that process. Finally, I would add additional exercise to this layer of fitness and nutrition. So I would incorporate an additional day or two of resistance training, and then I would likely add some zone two cardio to every, I don't want to say every single day, to my workouts five days per week. So four to five days per week, I'd be doing some lower intensity, longer duration zone two cardio. Zone two just means that zone of your heart rate, which is very low relative to think uh, like a functional fitness class like Orange Theory or CrossFit, something that's very sustainable. So I'd be doing that four to five days per week in addition to my resistance training at three to four days per week. Okay, so that wraps that up. If I was shooting for weight loss, that is what I would do if I had to start today. So now let's shift gears. If my goal starting today was to gain muscle and I have never done anything before, this is where I would start. And again, this is assuming that I'm already relatively active, engaging in, you know, quote unquote, healthy habits and behaviors pretty consistently. Like we had talked earlier, the stress management, sleeping seven hours per night, hydrating, etc. The first thing I would do is start with the resistance training. I would go three to four days per week. If it was three days, I would do the same split as I mentioned earlier, a lower day, an upper and a full body. If it was four days per week, there are dozens of training splits that you could utilize. But one that I particularly love that is super simple yet incredibly effective is having two upper sessions per week, one of those being a push, one of those being a pull, and having two lower body sessions per week. And sometimes I'll play around with having one being all unilateral and one being all bilateral, meaning one leg and two leg. Uh, I'll have some that are all anterior and then all posterior, or you can have a complete lower body session two times per week. It's completely up to you and what works for you uh, or what your coach is prescribing. But that's the split I would utilize. And the reason I would do that is it's, again, simple, but it also allows for moderate volume to be accumulated, meaning you're going to easily be able to get 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week, which is what the research has shown to be the stimulus you need to achieve muscular growth. The second thing I would do is start focusing on food quality again. So everything I mentioned before, making sure I'm eating real nutrient-dense foods uh, that are going to provide a lot of bang for my buck in terms of nutrients, not calories. Uh, next, I would determine my maintenance calories. Or let me say this. I would determine my maintenance, but not in calories, just in terms of the volume of food I'm eating. Because people love to overcomplicate nutrition, and I've done it myself. But all we really need to figure out is if I've been eating X number of meals per day, per week, or nearly, nearly that same number consistently, and the scale hasn't moved and my body hasn't changed, meaning my appearance doesn't look any different in the mirror, and also my clothes aren't fitting or feeling any different, I'm eating at maintenance. That's my maintenance. Once I know that, all I'm going to do if my goal is muscle growth is I'm going to add one 
mini meal or snack per day consisting of a protein source, a carb source, and a fat source. So it's probably going to be a couple hundred calories addition per day. And that's all I need in order to start moving the needle toward muscular growth. After I've done all of those things for a while, then I would start to focus on food quantity and establish a true baseline or maintenance calories, have a coach help me calculate that, you know, follow specific macros or have my coach prescribe me specific macros based on my goal and ensure that I'm in a caloric surplus, which if you have a coach that knows what they're talking about, you definitely will be in a caloric surplus if your goal is to uh, achieve muscular growth. And then lastly, the final thing I would do is increase my resistance training to four to five days per week if I'm, all, if I'm only at three, right? We had talked about being at three or four. So if I'm at three, I'd increase it to four. And if I'm at four, I'd increase it to five. And I would also add that zone two cardio I talked about earlier, two to three days per week. Now, why am I telling you to add cardio if the goal is to gain muscle, right? You've probably heard that cardio kills your gains, right? I'm making air quotes as I say that. Number one, that's not true. The amount of, let me say, that's not true with an asterisk. The amount of conditioning that you would actually have to engage in for it to negatively impact the progress you're making on the resistance training side is well above what you're actually willing to commit to and what most people would ever be willing to commit to. So that's one. Two, zone two cardio, that lower intensity steady state type cardio, is not the kind of cardio that's going to conflict what you're doing on the resistance training side of things. In fact, it's going to benefit you because zone two cardio is the type of conditioning that is going to provide you with benefits to your cardiopulmonary system, to your heart, your lungs, and their ability to deliver nutrients in the form of blood throughout your body. It's also going to help you achieve those positive adaptations that we're all striving to achieve, such as lower blood pressure, lower resting heart rate, greater aerobic capacity, the things that actually make us live longer and have more functional lives. So that is how I would approach the journey to gaining muscle. All right, shifting gears once again. Now, if my goal was general fitness, and when I say that, I mean GPP or general physical preparedness. If I'm just trying to get really fit and be the jack of all trades kind of guy, I'm not really pursuing any one thing. I'd like to look better naked, but I'd also like to run a faster mile. And I'd also like to kick some ass in my uh, intramural soccer league or basketball team. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about here. And again, I'm going to assume that I'm already relatively active and already engaging in those healthy behaviors and routines. So the first thing I would do in this case is I would start with resistance training and zone two cardio. You're probably catching on here that that's a trend. It is. But I would start with those in order to build a base. And I would do those things, resistance training, probably three to four days per week, and zone two, and car zone two cardio, two to five days per week. I would do that for a year. That sounds like a long time, but I would do it for a year because I want to ensure that I have the foundational adaptations I need to be successful when I start to move at higher speeds and intensities and expose my body to greater stress. And I also just want to have those positive health outcomes that are associated with both resistance training and cardiovascular exercise. Once I've done that for about a year, 
I would then begin incorporating some higher intensity conditioning pieces. So whether it's, you know, Metcons like you would see in uh, Orange Theory or CrossFit or F45, or it's just going out and doing higher intensity sprint intervals, I would incorporate high intensity training twice per week. That's it. Only two days per week. And then I would still continue to follow a pretty standard training routine on top of that. You know, resistance training three, two or three days per week, um, as well as engaging in just some either zone two cardio or just being physically active outside of the gym, hiking, biking, you know, rowing, etc. So that is how I would start two days per week of higher intensity work. Then as I adapted to that, which it could take three weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks, but whenever I feel ready, then I'm going to seek out a high intensity functional fitness program like the Ballistic Performance Move program, for example, or something similar to like a Metabolic or an Orange Theory Fitness or a CrossFit. Uh, I'll put a CrossFit an asterisk with that if it's a well-run affiliate with someone who knows what they're doing in terms of the actual fitness methodology and they're going to take care of you. And then I would follow that program three to four days per week for a month or two and see how my body responds. Because it's really easy to join those types of facilities and get sucked right into it and go way too hard, way too fast, and just crush your soul. So instead, I would take it, okay, I'm going to go three or four days for the next month or two, and I'm going to monitor how do I feel not only inside the gym, but how do I feel outside the gym? How do I feel doing basic activities of daily living, like walking up and down the stairs, kneeling down to the floor, picking something up off the ground, uh, etc.? Finally, if my body responded well to that program over the month or two, I would commit to that program for the next 12 to 18 months. Whether it's three days, four days, five days, that's going to be dependent on you and your specific goals, right? because there are going to be nuances to this, of course. Then after I've done that for a year to a year and a half, I would take a break and I would return to just standard resistance training and lower intensity cardio. Or, or pursue something completely different like boxing or uh, some other type of fitness so that I could learn a new skill and really refresh my palate for training, right? Because I'm learning something new. It's going to be engaging. And I would do that for six months or so. And then I'd wash, rinse, and repeat. I'd return back to the high-intensity functional fitness program, follow it for 12 to 18 months, take a six-month break. The reason I'm saying that is in my experience and in a lot of experiences of our clients, people tend to get burnt out and beat up from these high-intensity programs by doing them for too long or going too hard, too fast, too quickly, and then pushing through those aches and pains that they developed in the beginning phases until they are overuse injuries. So that's why I'm saying engage in it for a year to a year and a half, enjoy it, right? Take advantage of all of the positives that are associated with it. Then take a break, pursue something else, or go back to standard resistance training and cardio. And that's going to keep things fresh. It's going to keep things exciting. You're going to stay in love with training instead of falling out of love with it. And you're likely going to be able to continue that pattern for, you know, a decade, two decades, 30 years, 40 years, well into your 70s, 80s, and 90s. Now, the last category is if my goal was performance. So if I was pursuing some sort of performance goal, whether it be for a 
you know, high school team, a collegiate team, uh, some kind of intramural sport, regardless of the level, first thing I would do is hire an experienced, incredible coach. I'd find someone who knows what they're doing, who's going to help me stay accountable and guide me along this journey. Second thing is I would ensure that the program he or she is providing me focuses on functional foundational movement patterns like the squat, the lunge, the hinge, pulling, pushing, pressing, carries. That's what we want to make sure we're prioritizing those and not all the fancy, you know, sexy, sport-specific, again, I have air quotes there, movements that you see in some programs. Because for most individuals, those foundational movement patterns that I just described, the squat, lunge, hinge, push, pull, carry, those are going to be more beneficial in developing athletic capacity than trying to incorporate sport-specific nuanced movements. Next, I'd focus on food quality, just like we discussed earlier. Then I'd move into food quantity. In addition to those things, I'd also focus on recovery, ensuring that I'm getting adequate amounts of sleep. I'm managing my stress. I'm incorporating recovery techniques like flexibility, mobility, or even massage, stim, etc., And then lastly, I'd ensure that I'm tracking some kind of performance indicators to monitor the effectiveness of the program to ensure that I'm actually getting better across the course of time. And that is really it. That wraps it up. So I hope that provides some insight if you are new to this fitness and nutrition thing or if maybe you're somewhere along your journey and realizing you're sort of stuck in a rut or a change needs to be made. Hopefully, this provided some insight as to, okay, those are things that I can easily take and implement into my journey and move the needle in the right direction. So if you enjoy what you heard, number one, take it and apply it to your individual uh, journey here and actually make a positive change. But two, I ask that you please share this with your training partner, your friend, your family member, whoever needs to hear it so we so that we can help spread the word and change more lives. Lastly, the link or links plural are in the show notes for the one-on-one waitlist both in person and online as well as the spring collection or the new apparel. So make sure you check those things out, but as always, we appreciate you so much for tuning in and we will catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear on this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either ballistic.performance or ballisticperformance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at trainballistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.